0: Welcome to Going Off Track. Hi, how you doing? I'm Jonah. I'm Brad. And uh, we're at Brad's apartment. I thought Brad was playing with an Etch-A-Sketch, but it's <laughs> an iPad in a child protective
1: <laughs> enclosure. <Case>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it also doubles as a stand for those long plane rides. Nice. I like it. It looks very durable. It's It probably is. It <laughs> hasn't been tested too much, but... It does look ridiculous. It does look ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Uh, speaking of ridiculous, we have a ridiculous podcast for you. And by ridiculous, I mean ridiculously funny. It is a good one. And amazing. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, we had, uh, Riley Gale and Chris Olsch from Power Trip. Riley is a singer. Uh, Chris used to play guitar and now plays drums. And, uh, they were in town supporting obituary. Uh, obituary and someone else Uh, who's other band that played that show some other legendary uh metal band why can i not remember this i was was at the show i
2: don't know i could look it up on my ipad it's
0: okay they were just (laughs) on tour with obituary and some other huge metal band uh they are actually currently on the road with cannibal corpse and uh gate creeper uh and yeah i uh i kind of became friends with riley through twitter and uh he just seemed like a super... We just had a lot of the same friends and started chatting. And so we've been trying to do this podcast for a while. PowTrip has uh, become a really successful band. They, uh, after this podcast, they actually won uh, Best Metal Song of the Year at the Loudwire Awards. They performed Motorhead's We Are the Rogue Crew with Hey Breeze Jamie Jasta, And uh, their song Executioner's Axe is the official theme song for a NXT TakeOver War Games, which is a WWE thing. And they're just on this North American tour now with Cannibal Corpse. Uh, so yeah, they came by. This is an insane podcast. This is like the kind of <laughs> podcast I love. We talk a lot about drugs. We talk a lot about uh, faking being Jewish. We talk, there's an epic story about a party. I don't want to yeah. give too much away, but I, but I will say like there. this is a good mix, I feel like, of like intellectual, like heady stuff, Russian literature, and then just partying and then crazy tour stories like they they, them fighting other bands i mean it's just it's
2: one of those that you don't need to know anything about the band or care yeah or even care about music yeah it's just good entertainment yeah they're just they're
0: (laughs) just super super good storytellers have just some insane stories i hope we can get them back um and you should definitely check out their new album uh nightmare logic it's just uh just super brutal really good catchy thrashy metal i feel like I was talking about the power trip the other day with someone. They were like, they're like the new band that like old school metal, like, like f- fans like, like, like like metal fans like, but also just like the old school guys that don't like newer right, bands. Right. They're like the band that like people are like, oh yeah, I could get into they this. They bridge the gap. Yeah, they bridge a gap because <laughs> it's reminiscent of like a band like Metallica or like these kinds of bands, but it's also like, very modern like it's not throwbacky it's just like they're just they're just a good band great live band um and before we start i just as always want to thank pulse music um for letting us record there uh steve Grawalski for for producing this and uh if you want to do a podcast or do a music project uh definitely check out pulse music
2: uh we also need to thank all of our new patrons yes as You should be aware, if you listen regularly, we have opened a Patreon account. That is true. um, Where you can give us monthly donations. And in return, you'll get things like uh, bonus episodes and outtakes and soon some swag. But go check it out. Patreon.com slash going off track. You can see everything that's there. And uh, you can also get to it from our website, too. Goingofftrack.com. Yes, links. Um, thanks to all of you who've joined. Thanks to those of you uh, who continue to give us uh, payments through Venmo, which is great. Yes, thank you. Ed McNulty, who's, I didn't forward it to you yet, but he's, uh, sent some more interesting comments. <laughs>
0: Check out Ed's band, Beach Slang. Very, they're a very good band. Uh, we, yeah, we love Ed. Uh, thank you, Ed. I just talked to him yesterday. He's a, he is a, he's a good guy. He's a wonderful guy um
2: yeah check out beach Lang for check, sure yeah
0: check them out they're they're. i feel like they're always on tour um yeah. but yeah check out beach Lang. we'll get them on sometime but not today today is power trip day so let's check out this episode with riley and chris from power
3: trip it's going track! i'll stash back
0: yeah, yeah dude
4: I just just got rid of mine. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't going anywhere. It just like Uh, it it just it it looked like a dying caterpillar on my face. No, no, so like I give up. It
3: was your first try.
4: I need to shave like two thousand more times so it comes in (laughs) thick enough. Yeah, yeah. Did you start late
3: as a kid? Like you, I just,
4: I'm, I just. Come from a family that is not very hairy. Like I asked my dad and he was like, Yeah, I couldn't grow a beard till like my th- mid thirties or whatever. So Yeah,
2: no, that's the way I am, dude. <laughs> my dad had a big I didn't- thick
4: mustache when I was like young in 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 like the eight like late eighties, but it was I you know, I, he couldn't grow a full beard until I, I, I don't remember until like the mid nineties or something like that was when he would actually like rock a beard. So oh, I've got a ways good. to go. But like my my younger brothers, there aren't any like we just aren't hairy. I don't know. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Maybe makes you guys more evolved, because I hear right like a as, the, as the world gets more aquatic. We're like
4: get, yeah, yeah, more, more hairy or less hairier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that We're one. We're gonna be like that episode of South Park where they're all like gray people, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're all hairless. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I was thinking that those characters in the, like the newer Star Wars. I don't know the Star Wars. Everyone hates the middle ones. Oh, <laughs> you know um, that one like. Picard? No, that's Star Trek. The Jar
0: Jar Binks era? (laughs) It's not the Jar Jar
3: Binks people. They go to this one planet that's all like... All water. They're very tall and oh yeah, slithery like yeah yeah yeah. It's I like, believe Bulbafeet's dad sen- is hanging
4: out
0: like there. Or so, they're like senators. Yeah, they're like senators. Yeah, those people. I feel like people are probably listening. It's getting so mad. Why? <laughs> because people are <laughs> oh, so into know that know stuff. What the they definitely is. know.
3: the oh, yeah, are <laughs> Dick. Yeah, I just,
2: I just called it Star Trek. So <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. I know a lot more about the movie Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, than that. what do you you know well i mean it's like the the lore and water world runs deep (laughs) it's pretty crazy and especially (laughs) i mean people talk about like renewable like solar and all this Mm. like the desalinization of water that's the future man
4: what it is is wave is wave technology tell me more so like the idea is have you seen those batteries those like camper batteries where you like throw them in a backpack and they charge based on the kinetic energy of your movement. Like you can charge the battery shaking or whatever. So the idea is to make big versions of those that they anchor in the ocean and as the waves turn them up and down, they generate energy, free energy forever for life.
2: Because the waves just keep coming.
4: It's, it's, um, it's, it's, I think it's called wave farming, like wave energy farming or something like that. And some... Uh, doing that. Some like, institute in Australia has one set up, like a small farm set up now. And and there's actually two or three way, like it, they have solar panels on something. They actually collect solar energy and then they have kinetic energy and like something else. I don't, I don't know. But it's basically they just get knocked around and then harness that kinetic energy and f- feed it out into, you know, back into the mainland or whatever. That sounds promising. Yeah, I thought what I did, the way I found out about it was some guy... Came on Shark Tank. Dude, that's how I found out. <laughs> okay, so you saw that. And yes. he was like, This is my dream. And they all shut him down. Yeah. And I was like, That guy's a genius. I was like, Cubes didn't I go was, for it? Yeah, see, that's dude. what I kind of thought. Cause like, he had a really great idea. And I was like, This is really cool. And they were all like tripping on like the handheld battery thing. and, and Cause it was only like, he you know, it was a prototype, so like he could only charge like a f- an iPhone up to like twenty percent or something like that. So they didn't get it, but like I was like listening to this guy I was like, give this motherfucker like a, a multi million dollar grant. Yeah, is this is something that would yeah. like save the world. Did I mean, you, those aren't going I have a fit, unless I, someone blows up the moon. We don't have to worry about did you that. See that.
0: episode? There's a guy like that on Shark Tank who tries to make like a hurricane inside of like. I think I saw that one a, too. The, like, yeah. I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank like lately. it really. I got back, I
4: got back into it. It's 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 pretty good. You I saw. Yeah, I, make a hurricane. Like that it.
0: Created energy and gold. Yeah, but it had to be like. I did 100 see that one. right, right. Same, be, like, yeah, everyone was like, dude. But okay. it's
4: it's weird that they can't. They don't have the vision for like the scope of those things, especially a guy like Cuban. Because I like Mark Cuban. I like Mark. It's probably too much of a
3: long play for those. in investors they're like guess, this isn't uh, gonna pay out until for 20, i'm dead 30 years yeah, yeah and they don't care yeah, about it that's anyone true that's and, true i like when he calls know? out the scams though. that's the best
4: yeah when he's like this is bullshit i i i actually when you can a-
3: actually get on to shark so- tank with a scam
4: well, they'll just be like. Sometimes they'll let them on there, and they'll be like, "Well, this was already invented." Or they'll, or something oh. they'll like be that.
0: like, "They'll be like, none of these studies are your like you're using aversion therapy or this thing that like you didn't come up with that you're just citing and like you're making these false claims." Yeah. Huh.
4: But funny story about Mark Cuban is when I was a, a kid, we did the stock market game in school, and this was like right when it was, it's Showbiz. dot com was the website he got huge off okay. of, right? The, okay. like it was like radio streaming, I think yeah, is what he yeah. invented. And I was just like looking in this paper because that's the way they do it. And they give you like, you know, X amount of dollars to invest in these companies. And I dumped every penny that I had into his company because it was like whatever day that I looked at the paper was had the biggest gain on his stock. And I like won the state competition and got like third in the national. And I didn't do a single move. Like the first day (laughs) I was just like everything into this company. And then I just sat around and my teacher was like, well, you won state you didn't do anything uh here's like 200 bucks and like a, a trophy and then now you get to like now you're in the national competition and i was like okay and then like i just didn't do anything again and then they're like okay you got third and then i got like some other prizes and shit like that i was in like seventh grade i think Look but yeah that. then it came back around and because um cuban bought the mavs like 3 or 4 years after that. I think you bought him in what, 99 or 2000? Sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah. So like just a couple of years
0: after that and then I was like, "Hey, I know that guy."
4: So that's cubes. just like, yeah. You and cubes. Yeah. Did you see me the one cubes where, <laughs> go
0: way back where someone calls him cubes? And yeah, he kicks him out. Jonas, no, like, I that sent it to Not into. Yeah, it. yeah, some guys like cubes, and he's it. like, "Do you just call me cubes?" Yeah. He's like, "I'm out." <laughs> 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 it's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, I cool. didn't know he hated that. <laughs> I guess he doesn't like. Yeah. I guess like he doesn't want some dude pitching him. Like it's like a respect well, thing. You know yeah. what? That, yeah, that
4: too. But that actually makes sense because like I listened to this radio station that's like a like a sports radio but it's like a bunch of like chucklehead guys and and, and they they call him Cubes but when he he calls in they're like very like yeah Mark how's it going like they they, you know they tone it down a lot and they're pretty goofy most of the time so he must not like that nickname either but (laughs) he might run for president
3: huh Cubes I'd vote for. him. I can call him Cubes. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I did write an email to Mark Cuban once. Did he respond? Because I've somebody I've heard... responded. Okay. yeah. I'd read an article. I've heard that he's said pretty good about it. Mark Cuban will respond to any email. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to write Cubes." I did. I did use the formal Mark Cuban. <laughs> what did, you, Q- what did you write Cuban? to him? I just wrote like, and I'm kind of into Mark Cuban. I yeah. think he's cool. So I wrote like, "Yo, you know, I'm a Nets fan." But you know, I like what you're doing over there and the vibe. Like <laughs> cool, good work. Uh, you know, have this a good a one. <laughs> yeah, Condolences was, on the nets. <laughs> was, he he was like, This was still when they were all right. Okay. Like okay. this is not recently. Yeah. yeah, yeah when yeah. it's been dark. <laughs> yeah. Bleak. Bleak times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I got a response. I don't know if it was, you know, from his office or dictated not read i'm not sure but uh yeah it just said like hey you know cool thanks for writing good luck with the nets you know next year That's cool. and they, they, like
4: have a good one I wonder if he still does that yeah. yeah i'm gonna say what's up
3: i mean it probably came from like a yahoo account too i don't know if he took that uh, seriously I, one time i he saw he that he yahoo? still
4: like yeah had a yahoo account like or something like that because i had email fr- address I had huh? fr-
1: what's his email address
3: don't remember now. I could go yeah. back into Just the files. <laughs> Look at, yeah. Mark, yeah. Cubes
1: eighty two at gmail. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Michael Finley rules yeah. with a Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something like <laughs> that. Are you guys Mavs? Fans? Ice cold
4: cubes. Yeah, I like the Mavs. I mean, they it 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 sucks. Kind of watch like they're not great now. I, I I'm a, a Pistons and Mavs fan, and they're both pretty trash. But like I I was really into. Uh, you know the championship mavs team i watched pretty much that whole season i went to the last home game where they basically they didn't they had they won in miami but it was like a huge it was like basically the a dagger upset. it was a dagger yeah. game it was a uh, game 5 and then uh then they went to miami and won it but it was it was really great watching that whole run cuz they were You know they had Dirk, but it was like a very much a like old school team mentality. Like JJ Berria contributed Mm -hmm. a ton. Jason Terry had huge like shots, like like the the loudest I've ever seen any uh, stadium in a sporting event was uh, Terry hit this huge three pointer to go up like six points. He he hit like two back to back threes that just took all the gas out of Miami at the end of the game. And like when that second one went off, it looked like a bomb explode. Everyone was just like deafening. It you was. Were it was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like first row. My friend had gotten tickets because he like works for ESPN as like a production assistant when they come and do events in Dallas, and uh and he had gotten tickets, invited me, and we were on like the first row of like the second spot, like right at half court. We had beautiful seats. It was awesome. Yeah. So, but Nick, our guitar player, actually got a terrible tattoo that is supposed <laughs> to be like. The championship trophy, but it looks like a fucking like Dixie Cup with oh, like a. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> like. Yeah.
4: Like. The little Mavs, like the M basketball on it, but it just looks, it looks really bad. It kind of fits. It almost looks like he got it as like, he is not a fan and lost a bet. Oh,
2: <laughs> t- like tattoo. ironic tattoos. Yeah,
4: like almost like ironically bad.
3: I mean, in One the of, scale of like basketball dude tattoos, maybe it actually fits in.
1: Yeah, because those dudes have... Players have some bad tattoos. Yeah. yeah, They're the yeah.
3: worst.
1: I'm a Rockets fan, not a Dallas yeah, fan. Yeah, nice. i a Rockets fan.
3: That's I'm, I'm the only person in
1: the, What?
3: Bright times ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Should hope be so. fun.
1: I'm I'm the only person in the band that's not from Dallas.
3: Okay. Where are you yeah. from?
1: I grew up in Houston and then okay. moved to Austin.
3: Nice. Do you feel like, is there like a Dallas bias in your band? Like Dallas rules <laughs> with a Z kind of thing?
1: Yeah, at gmail.com for, for <laughs> sure.
3: Oh, that for sure. was Cuban's email. That <laughs> yeah. was
4: it. Dallas rules. Dallas rules. No, like, I mean, we say we're from Dallas, but like, we don't, we're not, like, sticking it in people's faces and stuff like that, you know? Uh, it, I mean, everybody watches sports in the band and stuff. And, like, you know, like, one time Nick wore, like, a, a, a Cowboys jersey and, at a show in Philadelphia. And then he took it off and someone, like, promptly stole it and probably <laughs> threw it in the garbage, you know? And then there was another time when we were on this Lamb of God tour where I was, like, I was trying to, like just bring some light-hearted brevity to the show. And I was like, all right, Philly, we're all Cowboys fans. I hope you'll forgive us. And it was like... Boom! Yeah. Like fuck it's you! Real. Like yeah, lost the crowd. Like we did really well on that tour, but like two different people go up to hood our merch guy and they're like, "Man, your band was pretty cool," but as soon as he said the Cowboys, he might as well as Zeke on stage. And then like <laughs> the other, and the guy, that, and then another guy came, up, a completely different guy was like, "That might as have well have been Hitler up there giving a speech." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I learned my lesson there. <laughs> but, uh, worst
1: merch numbers of the tour. Also, <laughs> yeah. uh, worst uh, wor- wor-
4: worst merch numbers of the <laughs> tour. <laughs> wow. Like. Just just shot myself right in the foot on that one. I mean, I you know my thing is I don't get emotional over sports. No, like I as like it. You shouldn't. And I like good yeah. narratives and stuff. But it's like if you get like like men who cry over football yeah. games. Like if, if if a certain like member of our band, if like the Cowboys lose, he's mad for like two days. Like and oh. it's like it's like a legitimate anger that he carries around with him. Yeah. And so it, I, I don't I don't get it. It's, and I and oh, yeah. I come from like. Uh, my grandpa was a, a career college football coach, like all around the Midwest and stuff. Cool, uh, like coached like Iowa State, wow. uh, uh, Wyoming. Like took Wyoming to a Orange Bowl one year. He was uh, the head coach. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he uh, he actually retired as uh, Wayne State's athletic director. Wayne State in Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, like the whole athletic wing is named after him. and Stuff name? like that. His name's Vernon Gale. Yeah, I never really got to know him. He died when I was two, I think.
3: That's a beautiful college football name, too. Yeah,
4: Vernon Gale. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have some like gorgeous like photos of him coaching, like just these really cool old timey. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. He's in a couple books. And like, um, I've met, you know, a couple like, uh, people that knew who he was you know just from like detroit area being like oh yeah i know I had, like friends who have gone to Wayne state like seeing his name around and stuff like that so like i loved sports from a young young age so i guess i kind of got over that like emotional attachment to it too
3: but if you could challenge any band to like a like a backstage festival like touch football game maybe not Ooh. even touch Ooh. Maybe, maybe some you, you want we to go would, full we, on would, we would be so competitive. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, would that, would, that would get
1: weird pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I think it would be one of those things where it like starts out fun. It's like wedding crashers where that guy's like whooping everyone. <laughs> like Nick would be like tackling people for real and people would be like, yo, dude, chill, chill out. Hot and rod, then, hot,
3: yeah, hot <laughs> rod.
0: <laughs> dude, I'd love to see you guys go up against Integrity. Oh, uh, 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 we would smoke
4: Integrity. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, I feel like basketball,
4: got, football, whatever. You'd
3: be a lot quicker. I yeah. Think, you
4: know? I, think, I think we would Dominate most bands in basketball, yeah. you know, like Code Orange, I'm talking to you. Uh-oh. Rock you <laughs> in a basketball game.
3: yeah.
4: Uh, football, Shirts whatever, where blapses. you guys want to go. yeah.
1: <laughs> Try to think of like who would like outdo us. Yeah, That's,
3: who do you think would like out-aggro you? Who would beat us? You? Lamb of God? No, no, no. no. Um, too chill?
1: I bet Turnstile is good at sports. I bet Turnstile is good at sports. Like they probably whoop our ass in like They're soccer all in or something. than us. Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: there's got to be some yeah, band, you guys. Yeah. I see these the super heavy hardcore bands who bring their fucking like workout shit behind. Yeah, but you. those
4: guys just have show <laughs> muscles. You know, it's like uh, they, you know, they don't they don't have any finesse on the yeah. court. You we got know? the playbook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'd be like Nick, you're gonna run a button hook, and I'm gonna <laughs> fucking dump that right into your numbers, and you're gonna fucking take <laughs> off and get a seven points. Oh, annexation, of yeah, annexation
3: of Puerto Rico. Let's
0: go. Annexation of Puerto Rico. We have a special segment on this podcast. Yeah, oh great. Mystery friend, yeah. And I got in touch with one of your friends, and you. Well, we got
3: we got to explain the game.
0: (laughs) So yeah, so this is a game. Yeah. I have a couple prompts here for stories. Okay. Um and you have to you can pass on telling the story, but you should <laughs> No, I'll probably I'll probably okay. be There's, full disclosure. I have a bunch of stuff and then you also have to guess who it is. The so so who we the got the is. information from. Yeah. This is so interesting. And this is actually game. an interesting one because this is a second generation friend.
3: This is a friend oh. of a friend. Whoa. Love okay. that. So this is someone okay. I
0: don't actually know. Okay. But we okay. have a friend in common. Mystery friend. The first one is what's on the Mexi Dips and Chips? <laughs> oh is that like a, a quiz question
4: yeah yeah okay so the yeah. Mexi dips are chips the <laughs> dips and chips are from taco bueno <laughs> and it's like they give you like a big pile of tortilla chips and then they give you these tortilla cups and they're filled with refried beans queso and guacamole oh, and you basically yeah. just go in on this like build your own kind of nachos thing that and it's it's, like, great. it's it's like it's it's like uh uh taco bueno is like uh texas's del taco or something but i think it's better and that is what is on it. Okay. It's combo
0: number five on the menu yeah. if anyone's wondering. <laughs> what does it for a, the date July fourth, two thousand twelve, mean to you? Is
1: that when you had that crazy party at your at your old house? Okay,
0: I think I'm
4: starting <laughs> to put this together. Yeah. I I, I, I I
1: had just gotten I I was I was living with this
4: girl and we had just broken up a like a like a month before and I was like super depressed. And so I just said, fuck it and spent like six hundred dollars on this uh on this Uh, 4th of July party, I had a big Spongebob bounce house with like a water slide. (laughs) Gangster. And it started (laughs) at like 11am and ran until like 9am the next day and I swear every friend that I've ever had in Dallas like cycled through the party at one point. Like my neighbors were showing up and (laughs) we had like a, a, we had probably trash going along our alleyway fence line that stretched for at least 20 feet. Just like there's a picture of a couple of us hanging out by it, but it was the most absurd party I've ever thrown in my life. It looked like it was like Project X. Like there, <laughs> there was a midget there at some point. And then, and then like- I A hired
3: out. midget or just someone there to drink? So no,
4: a guy just showed up. Oh, okay. And then
3: like, like even like the like
4: straight edge, like hardcore kids that I knew were like showing up because they were just like- curious about this party wow. um there was like a, a what lesb- did they do? there was a lesbian couple having sex on my front lawn okay. which i had never seen before um <laughs> uh what else happened at that party there was there was just a lot of madness Any animals uh yeah lots of dogs just hanging around <laughs> um uh people were like smoking DMT in the backyard and just like this 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 one girl <laughs> these guys are smoking DMT out of this pipe and uh, and this girl comes up and she's like drunk and she thinks she's hot shit and she goes oh you guys are cool you smoking weed and like grabs the pipe and starts to light it and everyone's like no no and she goes oh that wasn't weed and then she starts to like sort of like <laughs> fall backwards really slowly like very slow motion I had to like kind of lay her down on the ground and then she just kind of passed out and she was fine cause um, it's something where you kind of like blast off and go unconscious and then you wake up or whatever. It's like a 15-minute very intense trip. and <laughs> But she ended up throwing up and then my dog came over and ate the throw up. <laughs> Which one? And then, <laughs> Tommy. And then, and then she just kind of like got up and was like, Ugh, I got to go. And then she still hung out at the party for like four hours later. And then two weeks later she thanked me because she said it was like, the most enlightening experience she ever had, and felt euphoric for like weeks afterwards. Whoa. Yeah, so amazing. Huh. So that 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 was that party for sure. Yeah, that was
1: July Come 4, twenty twelve. Also, some DMT, I think I huh? might know who this is now. Brad? No, is yeah. okay. at, that was at the party. Yeah,
0: the okay. next next one might help. The okay. next one is just called the Rule of Five. Oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the rule The Rule of
4: Five is is not our concept. It, it comes from our friend Will from Detroit. And he claims that the perfect buzz for any party is being on five different substances. Whoa. So you can just mix and match whatever, but it's like you don't really want to go over five. But use your imagination on what those could be. a <laughs> lot. Yeah.
3: yeah I mean, uh, well,
4: you know, <laughs> like, not like <laughs> any more I than mean, three. In, I think that's how many I've done, like, <laughs> period. all, all the yeah. I've done five drug, <laughs> period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: Well, and this is not including alcohol.
4: Oh no, no, it includes. It's like it, it, like any any intoxicant. Like so, it could be alcohol, weed, and
3: then. See the thing that's tripping me up about this is number five, because there's yeah. to me there's like he calls it booze, planet five, weed, right? <laughs> Coke, right? And then, like, some kind of, like, mushroom or acid. Right. Fairly standard right. course.
1: That's yeah. fairly well, in my world, probably. anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number five. That's dessert, baby. Well, maybe, <laughs> like, oh, five.
3: maybe I guess you go some painkillers or something like that, you know? Like, your, that's whatever, a pretty, that, that's you actually know, a pretty Ketamine, right. ecstasy, you know, like there's
4: a lot of directions that could go in. once so. you start
3: getting the five, you got to get a I'll little. I'll be bold. honest, you I have visited bold.
4: Planet Five, Vi- Planet Five, many times, and it's actually pretty great.
3: <laughs> the scenery is wonderful. Uh, the altered state of drug addiction.
0: Oh my god! All right, the last one I have is how Hood got his name.
4: Oh, okay, so. For those who don't know, Hood is our uh, basically six member like like full time merch art guy, and he got his nickname. His nickname is actually neighborhood. And when he was uh, uh, in like junior high, he played football, and anytime they would get disciplined in football, the coach had this route that they would have to run, and he would say, "Run the neighborhood." Right? Well, Hood was such a fuck up that the guy just kept saying, you know, he'd end up being like. Like, you know, 82, Neighborhood. And then it just got shortened. Like, Neighborhood became his nickname, and then it got shortened to Hood. So it's like this old football <laughs> thing. And uh, it, people are like, what, are you in a gang or something? And he's like, no, the story's way less interesting <laughs> yeah, than <I'm> that. Still- <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's how he got the name. Who do you think this is? Yeah, yeah you so think you want to throw is? in a guess? Okay, my guess. Mystery friend. <laughs> uh, I think I
1: might have to say Charlie. Yeah, I think
3: Charlie. Is it Charlie Wilhoit? Or-
1: or tuna, someone that was at that party.
4: Yeah, because the okay, Detroit question. I'm trying to think who would who would know five. Yeah, oh yeah, that yeah maybe tuna. Maybe Jonah. Does nice tuna one.
0: have another name or no? Uh, Zach yes.
4: Duty. That's, that's actually no.
0: neither of those. Oh shit. Wow.
4: Okay, let me think a bit more.
0: Jonah, <laughs> nice. Who would have been at the, the,
4: the <laughs> nice the, work? The, the party likes Taco Bueno. Knows the rule of five. And what was the other one you asked me? Oh, Hood's nickname and was Hood's nickname? Oh my god. he James? It sounds it's
0: pretty It's not nice.
4: James Kubiar, is it? No. Okay. Okay. I can
0: tell you who connected us if that would help. Okay. Oh yeah, do that. I hit up Fred Presario. Oh, and he put me in touch with this person. Uh, that could be a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I guess that doesn't help at all. Um, was it
1: Logan?
4: Yeah. Oh, Logan, yeah, it's Logan. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Good one. Good one. Yes. Nice. Actually,
4: I should have seen that coming. Yeah. That should well, that should have been my first guess. Thank you, Logan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was a good that, those, all, all. those questions were all so, really yeah. good Thank too. Thank you Logan, I, very much. Logan is the only person that I can think of that would put that much thought into something like this. And by they were the way. really, yeah, they were really good. Yeah,
0: we've been texting all day, like, sending Hell ideas. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> he rocks. I love you,
0: Logan. What's up? <laughs> Have you ever met Logan? And I don't think so. Okay,
4: okay. Yeah. Good luck now. Now that he's married, he's just a pure homebody. But yeah. He's, he's, uh, he actually is from the same, like, suburban area in Dallas that I'm from. Okay. And, uh, like, you know, remember back in like the 90s where there was like a huge heroin epidemic in North Dallas and Plano
3: and stuff? I had friends from That's, Plano. Lo- told Logan me all is about it.
4: Logan is like an OG like Plano guy. Uh, I used to see like like all a lot of that really dark stuff. I was a little younger, so.
3: So that wasn't just like an inside edition not, thing. That was that like was legit. That was a
4: real deal like problem, yeah. Because Plano is basically a like a middle upper class like suburb. And so like all these kids just had money and a public school system and nothing to do and they just all ended up
3: hooked on recipe. junk.
4: So yeah.
3: Logan you, never was
4: though, so he he's great.
3: Are you guys from anywhere where Friday Night Lights took place? Uh where
4: oh shit. No, I think I think um Friday Night Lights is based on um a a small school north of Austin. I think it's I think it's close to Austin. My parents were really into that show, so I've seen it a few times, and I I, I can't remember the city, but it, it, it is a real city, like you know, like King of the Hill. Arlen, yeah, is actually a mix up of the first place I ever lived, Garland, Texas, which is a sub. It's based on two suburbs around Dallas, uh, Garland and Arlington. So okay, that's like a portman two of the two arlington one time the one Rangers time my play? mom asked me where is arland texas yeah. and i said that is not a real place mother <laughs> and uh i explained it to her and she was like oh well that's neat so that means they're kind of from where we're from and i was like yes yes <laughs> it, it, and and it, it it is a very good depiction of Arlen and or arlington and garland so yeah
0: how prevalent is like you walk into a bar like maybe like a heavy theme bar and like pantera's playing
4: in- Pretty frequently, but yeah. I also don't go out to a lot of bars very often. I'm not like a big social drinker when I'm home. So but I mean it happens. Sporting events, absolutely. You're not going to a sporting event and not hearing Pantera. Um <laughs> but
0: What do you like to do in your home?
4: I like I like to just like read and hang out with my dogs. Yeah. You know, like catch up on TV and stuff like that. Because when we're out on the road, it's like such a social thing. You know, it's it's nice to go from like full-on being, like, social every day with a lot of your friends and just people that you're meeting and stuff. And then when I'm home, I can kind of do this, like, isolation contemplation sort of thing. And so it's a good balance. And then if I feel like going out, you know, mostly if a show's going on and I've got friends from out of town and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, when I'm when I'm at home, I'm mostly kind of just trying to get my like mental
0: health back together Logan mentioned that you're also a fan of Russian literature is that true
4: actually that's not true I'm more so into like uh uh French like postmodernist stuff now I I've read some some like Russian lit and um uh my friend will Evans who runs a a, a publishing company has given me some books that he does a lot of um translations for the first time like like having books published in English for the first time so He's got a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, but probably the best book I read by him was this book called Sphinx. And it's this genderless love story from uh, 86. So uh, the woman who wrote it, Anjareta, I think is how you pronounce it, she writes it all from like a, a completely like, it, it's in first person, but they never use it. Like all the pronouns are gender neutral and like you don't know. So one one character is a DJ, the other is like a cabaret dancer, and you don't know through the whole book whether one's male, female one or the other, huh. it's 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 super beautiful, it's a very really well written book, and uh, it was just published in English for the first time like two years ago, but uh, Russian stuff, I'm trying to remember what I have, read. I've read some Dostoyevsky and uh, and, uh, oh god who's the other big one, I'm spacing right now um but I I like everything. I just I just read like what friends recommend to me, you know. I had a big American lit kick for a while and I was into like heavy critical thinking stuff. Now I actually just read a lot of comics because they're really easy to read in the van. It was it was getting too hard to read small text in a moving van, and so like comics make it a lot easier. And I think there's a lot of stuff you can say with it. You can get pretty deep with the medium, you know, because you have moments for like visual symbolism and stuff like that. And you know, there's a lot of really great writers who, you know, write to like pulpy fun stuff but there's a lot of writers who like to write really deep you know are there any comics in
3: particular you like check out i I read a lot um
4: let's see what am i reading right now um i'm reading this this uh one series called pop gun war by this guy daryl foulrimple and he has this very like ethereal style it's almost like his his books have this dream logic kind of thing to him and it's really cool Uh, you know um uh, it's almost like an urban ethereal thing. Like, do you this- get stoned? Oh, yes, okay, uh, very much so. Um, so I I, I I like that series a lot. Um, I really like stuff by Brandon Graham, uh, Rick Remender, and Jonathan Hickman. Put out a lot of material, but they're two two writers I really like. Uh, but I mostly read anything that's uh that's recommended to me. There's a guy. F- who's based in Brooklyn, his name's Michelle Fife, who does this series called Copra, and it's kind of like a uh, like a old Suicide Squad kind of like um, shout out, like a lot of the characters kind of heavily resemble other characters from like DC and Marvel and stuff, but he just has a lot of f- like old school fun to it it's got like a very loose drawing style that almost looks like, you know, like your friend from high school who was really good at drawing but he presses everything himself, writes it inks it colors it cool has his own press but like i really like his series a lot that's probably my favorite right now but i could talk about comics all day i won't though but
0: and you had kind of we had been talking over instagram or something yeah and you had said you had been working on some stories
4: i've got a few stories i don't know what i want to use them for the one big thing i would really like to do in some format is is write a tour story like i think Hmm. people are really blowing it by not trying to do some kind of movie or or book that really captures what it's like to be touring in a modern band. So, like, my idea is is really get a bunch of my friends together, write down all the ridiculous tour stuff that we've happened, and then it would it would basically the story would be about this like up and coming band that ha- gets a like a opportunity to get to a big gig, and then they've got to like go on like a week long tour to get out there, and then you kind of have this Spinal Tap meets Detroit Rock City sort of like You know, fiasco going on, but you could deal with a lot of the like tropes and stuff that comes from being in a band, you know, like the insecurities that maybe like a bassist has, or like, you know, like all these things. Like each member could have some kind of problem that they overcome that, you know, other musicians could relate to and then. In the meantime, you have a bunch of gags about what it's like to, you know, stay at someone's really shitty apartment, or like, you know, all you want to do is go to bed, and then you're surrounded by like twelve people partying, or whatever. You know, the, I'll I'll tell you the idea. If it were a movie, this is how it would open. It would o- open up to a wide top down shot of a van driving through a desert, and then it would at sunrise, and it would slowly pan through the back of the van, and you would see everyone like sprawled out asleep and stuff. Except for the driver and the driver is driving and also masturbating to porn on his phone uh, (laughs) uh, with a towel over himself. And then right as he's about to climax, the passenger wakes up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he nearly crashes and kills everyone. While he's climaxing and driving the van, <laughs> I which bit, is based on I'm a true story, not from story. our band, <laughs> yeah. not from our band, but that is a true story. But I mean, it would just like, that's a movie that would write itself, you know?
3: I've like, I've thought about that a lot and I can't figure out the way to like, you know how sometimes it's hard to like explain to somebody who doesn't tour, tour without sounding like an asshole.
4: Right. Like, Because you're like, it's not as glamorous as people right. think it is. And that's what I would want to kind of get across is be like, this Dude, is hard. I've
2: been, I've been working on this novel for literally for 20 years. And the Brad, same idea generally? Yeah, yeah. But Brad I mean, it's, 19, somebody hasn't really picked that so, up, I you know? This, and it was all from this one moment when we were driving in the middle of the night and there was a fucking owl, a white horned owl, like three feet tall in the middle of the road and we almost crashed the van. It was just me and one other person saw it. And like for three hours after that happened... I was just sitting there thinking about, like, how fucking surreal it was. How, like, people never, like, you know, no one's going to, first of all, no one's going to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then, and then, and then my vision of this movie in my head at that point was more like a, like, a really surreal art film. Like, just all You these could totally go that, go that happened, route, too. You know? Yeah.
4: It, I just think it's one of those things where there's so many, like, great untold stories that you could kind of, like, you know build a movie around yeah. those are sort of the gags or the bits or whatever but then you have this overarching thing where this band is desperately trying to make s- to some huge show that's right. like their big break
0: or whatever did and, you see green room
4: yeah and and it, which is great because that was kind of you know obviously in like a horror direction this would be more like a kind of comedy thing but like right. they i thought they did a really good job yeah. you know minus the like siphoning gas and like uh, like some of the like a few things that were a little off like it should have been set in like the 90s not in like modern times but mm-hmm. i thought it was a really
3: great movie. Well mine'll uh, be set in the nineties. See, there you go. Yeah. Well Brad's gonna have to do that because he tore it in like <laughs> pro <laughs> he, toured, he had a lot of really <laughs> that's interesting. All I know. Deep and mine is
2: based on a big yeah. record deal. That's instead of the gig, it's based on a big fat record deal. So <laughs> it, it, it has if, to be the 90s. I'll say this if
4: it were gonna be a movie, I would like try to license all the music from Motorhead. And yeah. the band would essentially be playing like motorhead tracks like maybe even call the band like iron fist or something like yeah. that because i think that's like the quintessential like at least like you could have that be relatable where it would sound and feel like maybe like a metal band but still sort of be kind of catchy and accessible well, I and mean, then
3: even a the theme song could be road crew yeah exactly I mean, that's just perfect. Mm-hmm.
4: Yep. perfect yep perfect for
3: the maybe that the title that's exactly title? well i thought it
4: could be a play on spinal Tap and call it this is iron fist I like that. But but road <laughs> crew would be really good too. And that was that's a song that have to be in it. Maybe you know?
3: this is Iron Fist colon yeah, road Ro- crew. The
4: road crew yeah. subtitle. Yeah, I'll see if I can get Christopher Guest to sign off on that. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think you can't. Like if I watched this film though, and I saw like like fucking Channing Tatum was the bass player or something, I'd be pretty bummed out. Right. Like, you gotta right. get some like uh, it would. It would have get to get be guys freshies. that look. Could be the yeah. Drummer yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> He'd be one of those, like... He could, he could be, be real guitar like, player. He'd be a real He could be lead guitar player.
3: <laughs> Channing Tatum would play in, like, a new metal band where those yeah. guys play just really See, slow but, like, to pick their arms up super high. The music would have to be you so know?
4: legit if I did it in, like, a movie form. But I've thought about, like, any medium. I just kind of want to start getting some of the ideas down. There's and then no I've way got the a dudes in Motorhead are,
3: have a lot of money. I bet you could get those songs. Well, I well, And metal band is
2: good, too, because the, you're going to have a lot more, like... The contrast between like a fucking hard rock band and then like doing your laundry, (laughs) right? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, just
4: really simple stuff, or or, you know, like trying to think of some other. I, I, I had like a few really good like bits to it but i'm 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 spacing you right now away either yeah, yeah, yeah i don't want to give all know. my proprietary material exactly. away. no 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 Mark Cuban, yeah. a lot of big hollywood yeah. writers back off to this show. Uh, and then i've got like i've got one idea for like a, a a sci-fi thing that i haven't quite fleshed out yet and then um like i think one day i would like to write about my uh i one time, I faked being Jewish and went on a birthright trip <laughs> for two weeks, and it was a really great experience. So I thought maybe one day, if I'm really bored, I could like write a memoir about that. That's fucking. But funny. It, it, it was it was really eye opening and like beautiful and like uh, not in any some like weird Zionist propaganda type of way either. You know, it really. Wait, got you out faked there and, being
3: Jewish and went to Israel? Yeah, hell yeah! Wow, how old were you? Uh, uh, I was
0: 22. Okay, so they don't ask for any kind of documentation.
4: <laughs> no, you just kind of. I I was just like uh yeah i i'm from texas but i'm jewish and i don't know any other jewish people but i want to come learn about my culture and they're like like a blue unicorn they're like yeah we need one of you uh, but when i got there so they they tell you you pay for everything just show up at jfk for the flight but you know the idf like there's no tsa you go through the idf straight up and you walk up there and they're like all right i'm going to ask you a few questions do you speak hebrew no do you read Hebrew? No. Are you Jewish? Yes. Have you had a bar mitzvah? Yes. Where? my parents backyard and they're like that's not a bar mitzvah and i was like it was really informal and they're like go over to that line over there and there was like this group of like 40 or so people they like profiled to go through their bags and stuff and this is where this is like the craziest thing that's probably ever happened to me i was on the trip with two friends one of them was actually jewish and he was the counselor he's the guy who invited me who was like if you just say you're jewish i'll make sure you get through and when you sign up for it there's like a like an online form with a drop down box that says how would you describe your Judaism and like it's got all the like, you know, different branches and stuff, and then there's one option that says just Jewish. And I was like, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bingo. So so I so my friend Danny invited me, but there's another guy from Boston who was also faking it, uh my friend Mickey. And so we Mickey get,
3: the Jew. Was, <laughs> hey man, <fanners laughs> true. <this>, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Also please <laughs> no one sue me for fraud or anything like that uh i had a really great time i learned a lot about the culture is wonderful but so they, they they separate us both and this guy goes away and takes our bags and puts them on the plane like a, an airline worker and he comes back and the soldier starts yelling at him in hebrew and we couldn't figure it out but basically what the guy had done was thought our bags were clear they were going to go through our bags but he thought they were clear to go on the plane so he goes and puts them on the plane Comes back, gets yelled at. We didn't think of anything of it, really, except that was kind of weird. Then they ask us some questions. They let us go. We get on this, like, 12 or 13-hour flight. We land in Tel Aviv. Then we have to get in a bus and drive three hours to the top of the state. We get into this hotel at, like, 1 or 2, and they want us to do, like, an hour-long orientation. Everyone's, like, grumpy and pissed off and just wants to go to bed. So we're finally going to bed, like, around 4 or something the first night after traveling for the better part of a day. And uh, I'm like, my, I'm drifting off to sleep and I hear Mickey start like screaming. He's like, oh, fuck, shit. What, what the fuck? And I'm like, "What, what, man? And he starts pulling out enormous fireworks from his luggage <laughs> like mortar shells and rockets because his friend in Boston <sighs> knew that he was going to be gone for the 4th of July and was like, hey take these fireworks and set them off before you leave. And he was like, cool, and threw them in his luggage and Uh, forgot about them. And this was some, like, take down a plane level fireworks kind of thing. And and if that airline worker hadn't fucked up and taken our, our, our bags on the plane, we'd probably be in Guantanamo still or something like that. So we did the smart thing and and set them off in Haifa on the 4th of July. And then we're like, oh, yeah, those sound like missiles. So we had to, like, run through the city for, like, two miles just to get away from the scene or whatever. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we accidentally smuggled fireworks into Israel and somehow didn't get caught. And
3: lit them off. Way to
4: go, IDF. Yeah. Good work. Yeah the illusion
3: yeah. of safety huh that's mm-hmm, intense mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
4: but overall it was really fun I, I i had a good time there's some really good people on the trip you know um we got to ask some hard questions and got some decent answers from people and it was cool it that's wasn't like ballsy. a re- respect I, I you know i had to fake the funk for two weeks and there was this one guy who was like uh, like a very like like very typical stereotypical New York Jew, love the Knicks kind of thing, and, like, he he did not buy it at (laughs) all. Like, he was so on to me, and and I I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, you know, like, I'm sorry, but, like, someone told me I was Jewish, and here I am. So, but that's that's really what it was, and, like, he kind of let it go, but... And then there was like a, there was a really cool group of girls on the trip there from like the Bay Area. I think they knew and just didn't care, you know. But I, I think they're a lot stricter now. But when I did it in two thousand eight, which is also the year they started, we started the band, so I had demo tapes and gave them. Nice. There's like half the demo Power Trip demo tapes are just floating around in Israel or in a, tr- a trash heap or something like that. But that was that was like the first time I had ever left, you know, the United States. So it was a really it was a really great trip. That's fucking yeah, epic. I had a good time. <laughs> but maybe I'll write that story down one day too. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of really crazy stuff that happened. Not just that, but yeah, it was fun. And so I'd hope to get something written someday. We'll see.
0: I uh I saw you guys we played a show together yeah. at South by yeah, yeah. Like a few years ago. At mm-hmm. Red Seven. At Red Seven, yeah. Um, Is that
3: South by Southwest right? South by it Southwest oh, okay.
0: in Austin. Yep. Yes. And it was like some kind of Brooklyn Vegan show. But I remember watching you guys and I had a question like as, like, someone who's, like, a front man, or, like, do you ever, like, I feel like when you play an instrument, sometimes you can just kind of, like, turn your back to the crowd, or, like, not really feel... Do you always have to be, like, amped up? Do you sometimes just be, like, ugh, like, I, I, I just gotta-
4: I just don't feel right, not... You know, there's days where I feel terrible and don't perform as well, right? But it's, like, to me, you know, uh, uh you know... F- I kind of, it's not the best analogy, but I always think of it like a professional athlete. They have to go out there and they need to like play hard for the 30 minutes or so that they're on the court or whatever. So to me, like a set is, you know, my exercise for the day. So I might as well go as hard as I can for the whole thing because that's, that's what the people deserve as far as the show goes. And we're a high energy band, you know, I mean... Trust me, if if I thought I could do a band that was actually successful, I would have picked something way softer because <laughs> it's a hell on my body. But, like, there's something that as soon as I walk up on stage, it's just you got to go. You know, you got to go from zero to ten or at least try your best because, you know, to me, those are the only kind of for a lot of times those are the only kind of shows that, you know, bring any excitement to me is when i know somebody is working their ass off, you know. Um there's plenty of bands that i love that i won't go see just cuz, you know, i kind of know the show might be kind of boring, you know, something right. like that. So i but i've just always had this mentality that i just have to you know, practically kill kill myself or break out my back, but it always seems to be worth it. And i think that it says a lot for the band and everybody else in our band tries really hard too you know we all bust our asses and i think uh i think it you know i think a lot of people respect that so
0: have you gotten any like crazy injuries or anything oh yeah
4: uh i fell off the stage at the acheron in 20 uh, 12 or 13 what was what year was the boston bombing was that 12 or 13
0: i don't know well it was it
4: was it was like a couple days before because when we were in worcester was like a couple days later was when they they caught the guy and um but that's why i remember it but i i had fell and fallen backwards off the stage and it's a pretty tall stage and when i thought i was gonna hit my head that's how long the fall was so i kind of covered the back of my head kind of being like oh i'm falling (laughs) this is gonna hurt and when i landed i actually landed on the corner of the step going up to the stage Ooh. in my lower back so all my body weight just went right into one point basically Gee. right where my spine and my kidney were Ooh. and i bounced off of it and it was the worst pain i've ever been in it it had to be the closest thing to like getting shot like i thought i had ruptured my kidney i couldn't i couldn't see it was like i was white hot blinded with pain i thought i was going to piss and shit and puke and pass out all at once hey. I somehow limped through the set. Afterwards, everyone was like, "Are you okay? Do you need to go to the hospital?" I was like, "No. If I drop dead, just get me back to Texas, <laughs> so my parents don't have some like insane New York medical bill, and I'm still <laughs> dead." <laughs> so I, I just rolled with it. But I mean, for a long time, it, it, it's really messed me up, and I still have a lot of chronic pain from it. But I just have to power through it. You know? I mean, I'll probably be in a wheelchair by forty five or something. And, uh, we don't, I don't have health care, so it's, it's, I have to do yoga and try and take care of it in other ways and stuff. Uh, but this tour so far has been feeling pretty good. So that's, that's a plus, but some, sometimes it can really flare up and it, it's hard, but that's the worst injury I've ever gotten. Um, one time I was headbanging and, and hit Blake in the nose and broke his nose, did it to, uh, uh, Wetzel, our bass player too.
3: <laughs> Do have any other weird injuries? Have you guys ever had anything? to like fight anyone on stage? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh actually there's this one time we played this festival and we were playing before that uh really shitty metalcore band Suicide Silence. Okay. And Chris was actually playing guitar on this tour uh playing lead guitar and we did this thing we're just kind of we just we'll play these big festivals and we'll kind of like do stupid stuff to kind of prank them so we had all these cheerio so we we're on tour with title fight and they had uh cereal on their roster so we just kept or on their uh like the writer, a, a writer. A writer. Uh, yeah yeah sorry on the roster on the writer <laughs> and, and we, just, we just we just kept stealing on. their cereal okay and then it got to this point where we had this huge cereal fight in the van and there was like. Cereal in everyone's things for months. I mean, just months. I, I, yeah, Nick, like what, I was like finding. Inside amps. Inside, inside like the cuff of my jeans. Backpack, yeah. A Rice
3: Krispie yeah. could be very invasive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so so we went out and bought like, like tons of like honey nut Cheerios and bottles of champagne and we were just throwing them around during this set. And so. At some point in time, I got my mic cord wrapped up in the stage light, and I didn't know it, but it belonged to Suicide Silence. So they showed up at this venue, set up all their bullshit, and then left, right? So I got it wrapped up in the mic cord, pulled the mic cord, it fell, and it broke. And so this guy that was in their crew was, like, really pissed off about it, and there was a lot of tension within the crowd with, like, some of the security guards and stuff like that, and... Uh, and. So, like this guy is is flipping off Chris right, like, like behind, like, behind like, my back like behind like his back and, the, and then to his face, this guy who works for suicide okay. silence because he 's all mad that we broke this light i didn 't know I broke it, but whatever and uh and he he's flipping Chris off, and Chris kind of looks over to his left and sees him. And he's in the middle of a solo and without missing a note, kicks the guy. Yeah. Like right in the groin. <laughs> and, and, and there's like 20 of our friends on stage or whatever, but this guy picks up one of the empty champagne bottles and it was in an, like an Andre bottle, so it's like really yeah,
3: yeah. thick.
4: And he like reeled back to hit Chris with it, with Chris's Whoa. back turn. It was going to like brain him Whoa. with this. And our friend basically stepped in and like, hooked up his arm and was like if you do that you're going to die yeah. and like like there was enough people their crew kind of came up on stage and there was it got really tense and we're like if you do this there's like 200 kids it was in Dallas so it was our home turf and it was like 200 kids are going to come over this barricade your whole team's going to get stomped out and someone's going to go to jail for like attempted murder and you know like I had like a mic stand that was like ready to swing at this big guy and it kind of diffused and everything and the guy had to come up and like apologize to us but there's been there was another time in a south by southwest show where they pulled the stage, like, that, the power to the whole stage, Ugh. and uh, kids were, like, about to riot, and I had to be like, well, you can let us finish our set, or we can burn your venue to the ground, and the guy was just like, fuck, and then, like, <laughs> let us play two more songs or whatever, <laughs> um, but nothing, like, no, like, drag-out brawls or anything like that, um you know there's been a bar fight here there over the years but you know it's usually just people being really disrespectful we don't go looking for trouble or anything you know some drunk guy walks up to you and starts calling you a pussy or something like that and you're like hey man stop and then they just keep going and it's like if you don't stop i'm gonna hit you because you're not respecting my words here and i'm not gonna let you sit there and insult insult me or something and then they'll say something about my mother or some shit like that I'm a little guy so people think they can pick on me but it's like you know my dad was kicking my ass from a young age I ain't as scared of like some guy because he's a little bit bigger than me but usually we're pretty good at staying out of trouble, or at least diffusing things. You, know? you never know. The we're UFC not a violent band, but we will hold our ground if we had to. Size means nothing. It doesn't. Like, it's all. It's all, all you about your focus. Enough, you can know. Get me in a yeah. leg
3: lock. Mm-hmm. Through.
4: <laughs> I I this this one guy. This is actually was really funny. I I I was in Dallas at this bar and I met up. I, I had just seen two friends I hadn't seen in a while, and and, and my friend was buying us round of shots and this guy one of them was a female and she uh, and i was talking to her i know her for like 10 years and this guy shoulders his way through me bigger guy too probably about your size and he was like out of my way cock breath and i was like i was like excuse me what did you say and he was like oh nothing man i just smelled some dick on your breath and i was like and i was like you're you're really you're really you're really funny guy like i really i really like you I think you're funny and then i just headbutted him like i kind of like jumped up and just broke his nose with just one little quick headbutt and he like didn't do anything he was just like you know, and I took the shot, and I slammed it on the ground, and then I got thrown out of the bar, <laughs> and it's tough. I'm standing outside, and I was like, oh, crap, I really don't want to have to, like, fight this guy, and then he comes out with, like, a towel, but I was like, you know, you don't say that to someone. I was like, I'm just going to pop you in the nose a little, and uh, and and he comes outside, and he's like, oh, really? I, I thought you were, like, creeping on my friend, you know, and I was like, oh, my friend Kim that I've known for 10 years, and, and he was like, yeah, I just need to watch myself, and, like, i'm sorry it's like i totally deserve it and stuff and i was like okay well we're cool like you obviously learned your lesson you know i'm sorry but like i've known her for a long time so well,
3: they're they're
4: very depressed people who would do that people see me me and they're just like yeah i'm gonna fuck with that little guy i'm like "No, no 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 do
3: you find i always wonder like you know i grew up around here and like being punk and hardcore around here like It's not... You don't have to go very far to, like, find community. Right. And you don't, like, have to go very... Like, it's almost... And I always wonder with people who grew up in Texas and places like you guys grew up, like, do you find, especially in all your travels, that a place like that, when you're growing up, counterculture and punk rock, like, do you think you have to, like fight for it a little more like do you have to stand up for so, it like a little more the
4: generation before us they did mm-hmm. so when I first started coming to shows I saw a few Nazis get stomped out but n- I would never had to get involved and it, In was, like, was, it was like around? one guy early 2000s Okay, you know around the turn of the century I probably started going to punk shows around like 2000-2001 but then hardcore shows more around like 02 to like 04 and, and by that time there was a huge um problem in Dallas for a while and I'm sure you guys remember a few years ago about that guy getting stomped out in an old 97 show in Dallas and he ended up paralyzed and stuff like it happened in front of his daughter that was really the literal end of that that guy went to prison like I had a friend who had to testify against him and he was kind of freaked out but
0: at an old 97 show yeah of all fucking places yeah yeah
4: this guy like this this dude was a noted skinhead, and I think he, would like, dropped a hard R. And And this guy was with his daughter and was like, hey, can you watch your language? And then the guy was a fucking asshole and stomped his poor father out. And it, it was a, it's a terrible story. But, but essentially, that was kind of, like, really the end of a that. So we didn't really have to fight a lot. And, 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 and the scene collectively got along really well. Metal kids and punk kids and hardcore kids always, you know got along and stuff like that so i never really feel like i had to like fight for territory or anything you know like maybe some drunk asshole rolls up to a show and says something wrong and and the thing is that i've learned a lot of places is is people think they can say whatever they want yeah you know people don't realize that some people will 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 you know they'll have a code but they'll fight you Mm -hmm. know and that's kind of the way it is in texas at least you know especially with a lot of the scene out here is like you'll get you know three four strikes you know like chances before someone's like all right man i'm gonna hit you like you know most of the the fights i've seen someone is literally like i don't want to kick your ass but i'm gonna kick your ass if you don't stop and then it just boils over so we got lucky coming like from a pretty well protected you know scene and and uh, we haven't you know dealt with a whole lot of incursions of anything like that even kind of rallies and stuff like that you know When we were in Richmond, uh, coming from Virginia Beach, heading to Baltimore, there was a protest that day. And then wasn't there one in Baltimore as well? Mm -hmm. And then there was like the Juggalo March in D.C. So there's all this stuff going on out here. Uh, uh, Dallas, we tried to remove, uh, I think, a, a, a General Lee monument. And then some guy got an injunction and kept it like it's still up or something like that. but nothing too crazy in in texas yet so
0: i'm you know i'm from cleveland yeah and i felt like the cleveland scene was just all about shit talking so i felt like there weren't that many fights but i like everyone's like a professional shit talker. right oh yeah yeah
4: people from (laughs) ohio know how to fucking roast people and i really always respected that
3: yeah um what was i gonna say that's why cleveland couldn't come to new york (laughs) yeah for a long time (laughs)
4: <laughs> that was a thing, right? Well, yeah, I think yeah. Cleveland couldn't go to a lot of places for yeah, a Yeah, I think yes. there was a
0: big news. So we
3: talked about it with someone. I think maybe
0: Charlie. Probably from Judge. Charlie. Maybe Roger. Yeah, yeah right. we've had yeah. a couple uh, cool Charlie's right? awesome. I love yeah, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, Charlie is, is but a big Yeah, team. it
3: was pretty deep because I I mean, I didn't really know the details as a kid, but I was super stoked to go to this one Integrity Starkweather show. Yeah. And like all of the shows got canceled. Mm-hmm. Only here. Only, right. Like New York and Philly and that area. And it was because of like a. If you come here, like we're gonna murder you. Yeah, kind of thing. we we've, uh, we we always loved... at the time was like you really you really guff so much, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, they kind of mm-hmm. did what they said. So mm-hmm.
4: I think you still do.
3: I mean, N- I... nod your head yes
4: because we don't want to get <laughs> anyways. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So can you tell uh, me?
3: I'm super stoked about the idea that you guys refused to use double double kick drum. Mm. And yeah, uh yeah. is this like did you set this rule?
1: Um or, 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 well, no no. I mean my
3: like I started
1: playing drums because or like learning punk drums. So it was like never really in my repertoire and I tried to learn and it just like wasn't clicking okay. and I kind of would disguise that as being like fuck double bass. I don't really think it's cool but there there are some bands I think use it very tastefully like maybe obituary <laughs> we're not we're a, not a anti-double double bass oh,
4: okay but this actually i mean i'll tell is, you
1: this i'm never going to use it for this band yeah, well, but yeah I just, and I, I think it like makes our band sound like what it sounds like yeah
4: sure. it, it, it it roots it in you know punk and rock and roll and stuff like that and he gets you know when we go on tours with bigger bands and they see his kit they're like man that, that's it that's your kit they're like, and, I, and, I don't know where to go and, on and this they, thing. they yeah. think it's they think it's fucking cool though they're yeah. like man that's yeah. respect you know but like Uh, when I, when I first started the band, I, I specifically didn't want it in there. And with our first drummer, I told him that and, and, and we worked around it and stuff. But like, Chris, I remember when I sent you like some of the Armageddon blues tracks, you were like, I love that there's like no double bass in this and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I never really want to have it. And and
1: it, 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 we just have stuck with that ever since, you know. So uh it, I don't really think there's much that I, we could do yeah, to it that would yeah, add something yeah. that right, needs right. to be there or I, isn't already there. Sure. It would just be a little too much, you know, a little gotcha. too much for our band. But yeah, I like we're, it. you know,
4: not anti that, but just for our band. We'll never use it.
3: You guys are almost like the uh like the mutants and X Men who are like Magneto was right, you know? Like the ones who are like <laughs> Like wearing metal, but like <coughs> fuck yeah, kicks. yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's a very
4: traditional outlook. I just think that that's what you know really helps drive some of the riffs and the music and stuff like that. It makes it very kind of like galloping and and you know head nodding kind of stuff. You know, it's I don't know. I just it just works for us. You know, yeah. I, than- I think it also pushes us to do more interesting things. Yeah, with I certain riffs
1: and stuff like that. Right. You know, it's more like. Um, rewarding to try to do more with less yeah sure than it would Absolutely. be to be like what if i got this new thing and tried to use it as much as possible.
3: So you're not going to add that section of rotos and splashes? And- I never now, said hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's we got to get the rack system in. Yes.
4: <laughs> you know, Arthur's been loving the roto toms. Our producer oh, yeah. has been, like, forcing roto toms on, like, the last three bands yeah. he's recorded with. Shit. He did the new Trapped Under Ice, and was there's, like, roto toms all over the record. They roto They roto Wow. They roto They <laughs> did. Wow. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think there's uh uh definitely Ro Oh yeah, Arthur did tell me uh 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 there's Roto all over the new uh like Cavalera Brothers record that's uh, okay. coming out. Could but of course that. there is. Yeah, but of course there is. That makes but sense. I but less like tribal stuff, more like sure. wild sure. fills and stuff. I
3: don't, I don't know. Tribal Roto, tribal that's a Roto. Good band yeah. name. <laughs> brad you feel like i'm back in the game baby (laughs) uh
0: do you feel like i mean with all this stuff kind of going on in the world right now like obviously like um you guys are are in some ways a political band yeah definitely i I would say we are for sure do you feel like it's like a weird time to be doing that the, the biggest
4: thing is kind of weighing like the level of responsibility I should take like now that I have a platform because I don't consider myself a particularly articulate person. I don't think I could get up there and make a very like true deep political statement that, would, that I would be happy with, you know, like touring with Napalm Death. Barney has that like on lock He right. gets up there and and, and he and It's well thought out and it's well said Even if the rest of his band doesn't even Like agree with him because he, he's vegan And does like all like everything Like even his phone, his TV, his laptop Is all like the most like cruelty free stuff And it really like made me think a lot like what level of responsibility do I really need to take on and like do is it my place to be trying to educate people or like so I kind of take a very broad approach to it I tell people if you're going to believe in something be able to argue it you know like I, I feel pretty confident like you know when I write songs like like divine apprehension or something like that it's basically I think I could sit down with a Christian and blow their worldview away you know if they have an open mind and 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 I can you know sort of you know pick away at their faith a little bit that's a lot of what what a lot of that is and i just want to challenge the way people look at the world or if they settle in something and think that they've got it all figured out because for me i just roll with it that that life is a mystery and that you kind of got to let it be there's a certain level uh you know there's things that we'll never know for sure you know so to me it's hard to to get out there and be really really preachy but you know there's like really basic stuff you know like we make sure that, you know, if there's some kind of homophobic stuff going down, we shut it down. Anything racist. You know, when, when we did the Lamb of God anthrax tour, there was some casual racists out there. And, you know, if some guy said something sketchy in front of us, we would usually had a good deflection. Actually, one of them was like Chris or Hood would, we would kiss each other on the mouth. And it would just drive those people away. And it was like, you know, we don't want those people as fans. Or or at least if they're going to come in. And, and, and I've had great talks with people who don't agree with my views. And I've had really enlightening conversations with them. But it's it's hard for me just because I just don't think I've got it all figured out. So who am I to, like, tell these people how they should behave? But there's some stuff to me that is so obvious. Like, you know, I know it sounds idealistic, but, like, The fact that people give a shit about, you know, like people that have people have problems with like sexuality and racism, stuff like that, or or like even like simple things like jealousy. It's like that stuff I got over in high school, you know, And, and I stay conscious about it and I try and like check my privilege and things like that. But there's like, you know. If if people really had the mindset of of trying to save the world, like if if it was like some Watchmen shit where we knew like the world was going to end, you know, because some aliens were going to kill us or something like that and it was like – or if some alien life form came down and was like, if you guys don't get your shit together in 20 years, we're going to blow up your fucking planet, everyone would figure it out. We'd solve world hunger. We'd figure out everything or we or we'd blow ourselves up, you know, one or the other. But I believe – that everyone could get it together and 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 that that would create jobs. If you're talking about feeding people, that's still a job. The thing we were talking about with the wave energy stuff, you know, you have people in in manufacturing again. Like there's there's always going to be jobs created to fit the needs of other people, but it's people just don't want to be altruistic, you know, they want to I wonder you know, make money. And I don't have a problem with people having millions of dollars. I think there's such a thing as having too much money, and I'm not Exactly sure where that line is, but it's something worth examining. You know, you can be addicted to anything. You can be addicted to money, and it's just it's if not more dangerous than most vices because you're, you know, expressing your power and your your psychosis from being addicted to money onto other people. Do
3: you feel the same way about religion? Because I found it, you know, it's an interesting thing I hear sometimes about, and you even mentioned it earlier, where you would have a conversation where you're like. I feel so confident in in my knowledge of the uh converse ideas to Christianity or something right. that I'd love to sit down and pick at a Christian's faith but like how necessary for this idea that like a universalist idea that like actually like somehow nearly 7 billion people can get along Right. Like, so like there is a reality to the fact that those people are going to exist with their ideals. Sure. Regardless of what you say or not. Yeah. And like do you have to find a way to to live with these people or are you on like a mission to change their minds well so
4: so my i'm not really on a mission to change people's minds like let me let me say this i was raised catholic mm-hmm. and i never believed it like even from a young age just i didn't have that leap of faith to but but what i did learn because i went to really good schools that that kind of had a liberal leaning was you know jesus at least had a good morality about him you know and if if most christians really listened to what he'd have to say they would have a much higher opinion of the religion overall because he was pretty open-minded about everything and if like the stuff that they they says would was true about him sort of having concubines and stuff he's he clearly a pretty sexually liberal guy too you know like all these notions that people have are really just stuff that's projected onto his image sure but if you really know what he was about he was he was about as you know commie as it gets you know (laughs) and so my thing is 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 if you're not you can be a spiritual person i'm a spiritual person but mine's a very abstract thing where i just don't think that we're i think it's arrogant to believe that we're the most highly evolved life forms in the universe you know and does it mean that like our life came from a higher source i don't know but I still think that there's a level of consciousness or being that we, you know, we still have a lot to learn. Yeah. And that's the thing that I tell people is like the the most basic thing that separates us from animals is our ability to learn, you know. and And when you stop wanting to learn, when you think that you've got life figured out, that's where you start doing damage, you know, whether it's. Physical or symbolic violence or whatever because you're trying to force your idealistic worldview onto other people and that's where I really start to draw the line because I've got plenty of friends who are Christian or, you know, Jewish or whatever and really believe it and and that's fine but they have great hearts and they don't mind, you know, like they don't ever try and force anything on me. They don't mind that, you know, because I don't consider myself atheist and I'm not necessarily agnostic either but – as long as it's a personal thing, and if you want to have communion with people in a church and celebrate that experience, fine by me too. But when it comes to being an oppressive, you know, power situation, that's where it's got to stop. And especially, you know, all the mega churches and stuff like that. And, and I've had people ask me, "Why do you blast Christianity? Why don't you pla- blast other religions?" I was like, "Well, that's the dominant religion where I come from, yeah, and that's where sure. I see the most violence."
3: Your perspective.
4: That's, what, but it's just that's the world I grew up right. in. You know, yeah. like. And I see that violence and I see people getting taken advantage of, you know, Joel Alstein duping people and taking their money. And the fact that people aren't haven't caught on to that is just mind blowing to me. So if I can get people to, you know, question what they think is so true and so real, then I feel like I've done a good job. And people question mine and it's, it's awesome. I love having my views challenged, you know.
3: What about, like, you talk a lot about, like, redistribution of wealth mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, that's another thing I wonder. It's, it's like, that thing that idealistically it sounds terrific that we have right. so much and that we separated amongst this stuff. But, like, how do we, like, physically get from A to B? Because you can't just, like, I, sit down with somebody with a billion dollars and be like, listen, man, yeah. this is what I think. And, like, right. your words are just so impressive that he's going to be like, you're right. Just all this shit. Here we go. Like, it's just no, not going to uh, yeah, happen.
4: it's not. It's not. And 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 I know that. And like, you know, I can daydream about that so all violence, day. Like, necessary I'm, I'm to not, achieve it. Yeah, that's that's really tough too. Because, uh, you know, like I'm not an economic expert, but you know, like I've seen plenty of people throw out great ideas of ways to redistribute it. Like, like Bernie Sanders has said plenty of smart, reasonable stuff when it comes to taxing and. And there's people who are far smarter than me who could figure out how to redistribute wealth fairly. But you're right. It's, it's, it's how do we get, you know, the super rich to be like, you're right. I don't need $4 billion, you know? And I don't know how to make people feel that. Maybe that is something where we have to kind of storm the gates and, and, f- but, you know, like, you think about like, we have monopoly law. Here and and it's never used, but there's there's corporations so clearly run everything, you know, and like that's just a a simple corruption right there. Like break apart some of these monopolies and give the market some competition, things like that. And I know that's again complicated, but I'm not the expert, Mm -hmm. but I can still sit there and say like this is possible, sure, this does make sense, this works, or something like that. I actually remember when I was a little kid, I was on the way to school with my dad, and I was talking about money with him, and I basically, like, said something like, well, why can't people trade stuff? And my dad was like, that's communism, and it doesn't fucking work. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But, you know, we live in a closet socialist country. What is Social Security? What is Medicaid? Mm -hmm. You know, like... What is welfare and things like that? We are fucking all, roads, dude. It's, it's yeah, the fucking roads. The highway system is yeah. completely yeah. socialist. Public transit, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's it's crazy to me that it's such a like a boogeyman word to yeah. say socialist, but but we already live in a socialist like capitalist hybrid. So why don't we just embrace it more and make it work? And that's like you know that's what like. Uh, You know, Bernie seems to say, uh, I like Slavov Zizek a lot. He writes some pretty cool stuff about that. And uh, I I was really into Foucault. He says some similar things, but Foucault also is like, I don't have the solutions. I can just, you know, uh, deconstruct what's wrong, which is what I typically like to do too. You know, I'm not much of a solutions guy, but Hmm. I can examine stuff and at least be like, well, that's fucked up and kind of tell you why at least. Sure. You know, I have a lot of really great conversations with my dad because he's, uh like, economically conservative but very socially liberal. So we kind of get into stuff like that all the time. And uh, and it, it challenges me to, like, think of how things could play out. But, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty convinced that we're fucked. Do
0: you – what about
4: <laughs> – To get down to it, I'm pretty convinced that we're fucked. I don't think – I don't know if there's any turning back.
0: And that's one of the – re- yeah. yeah. Do you uh, – I know – you. I, I've seen on Twitter, like sometimes you'll post stuff that I'm like, oh, I agree with this, but like I don't think I would post this because it's just going to be a bunch of people. Sure, arguing with is a lot.
4: Like so, well, my not a lot of people know. Like my Twitter is very, my personal one's very incognito. Okay. Oh, gotcha. So like, uh, like most of the people who follow me are people that I know, and then there's like some people who get lucky and figure out that it's me. But like, you know, that's really where I'll dump some more like radical stuff that I don't want the band to have to feel like they defend or something like that and that's sort of where i can be a little more subversive i guess if i want to be and i'll post stuff that i don't even fully agree with but at least challenges like thinking in such a way that you know or at least like something that makes me contemplate an issue or something like that so but you know most people don't don't know about my personal account and it's private and everything Um, just because, uh, you know, I don't want to get the band in any trouble for, like, anything that I might say. And not that I say anything really edgy or anything, but I just don't, you know, they're not as political as I am, but I'm I'm writing the songs about what I want to write about, and by default, that's what they end up becoming about, and I'm not going to back down from that, you know. I don't really preach on stage or anything, but I tell people, you know, if you're interested, read the lyrics or, like, you know, almost everything has some kind of, like, book or like ideological reference or something like that, you know I just mask it a lot more in kind of allegory and lyrical poetry and stuff like that, but there's deep stuff there for people to dive into if they want to and then there's just the kind of catchy you know, swing of the axe kind of just fun stuff, but that's a completely allegorical song about how people are comfortable with paying to be numb in death, you know, like whether it's watching TV or growing fat, eating fried chicken or doing drugs or something like that, like you know, America will happily peddle you death, you know, a six-pack at a time. Sure. And that's basically what that song is about, is people, you know, happily ready to get executed, have their head cut off or whatever, if it means death is painless for them. So, but, you know, I try to make it sound like a catchy metal song that could be about whatever you want it to be. So I let the people who want to learn more about them ask those kind of questions and stuff like that, rather than shoving it down anyone's throat. So... You know, if we see something that's egregious or, you know, some behavior that we can't condone, we'll we'll call people out about it. But, you know, as long as, you know, people are there and accepting of each other and having a good time, we, we want everybody to come to our shows. Even if that means, like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, if you voted for Donald Trump, don't bother coming to our shows. Because you might come to a show and get challenged on something. And that's the kind of goal that I want. Or we might have a good conversation and leave saying, agree to disagree, but it was really nice to meet you, you know?
3: How you think you would do... Like, in a room alone with him for, like, five minutes.
4: Who? Donald Trump? Trumpy. Oh, I just whoop his fucking ass <laughs> oh, you up just down fight? the room. Oh, fight? yeah, oh. no <laughs> words. I just beat
2: his all day. That- <laughs> wow. That was so
0: good. <laughs> I My favorite part may be the rule of five. Fuck. <laughs>
2: There's so many parts in there. <laughs> the rule of five... <laughs>
0: Is planet five purely
2: myth- mythological. There's yeah. no way. There's just no way.
0: I don't know, man. There's no way. You know, you maybe think, if
2: booze you don't, and beer you don't think are you, separate. No,
0: no. A, that falls under the alcohol umbrella Dude, for there's sure. No
2: way. There's you, no way to do it. You
0: never went to Planet Five
2: back are in the goose. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. I you know what? I'm a guy that likes purity. I like to drink my liquor straight. <laughs> I like a good bourbon. Sometimes, with a little piece of ice, I'm not going to ruin a good high by layering it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair that's fair <laughs> you wouldn't you you how are you going to know what you're enjoying
0: i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, 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 don't, I don't I was trying to think about it I don't think I have either because there's a lot of stuff that that is just not on the table for me, so I don't think i've done it. I've probably been to like planet three, maybe <laughs> planet four, but uh yeah. But regardless, uh, that was an amazing podcast. Thank you so much to Riley and Chris for coming by. Uh, they're on know, tour now. Power Trip is on tour right now. As we speak they're uh, I believe they're on the West coast. They're on tour with cannibal corpse and that's a North American tour that goes through the whole month. I think it's like four or five weeks. So check it out. If, if Power Trip's coming through with cannibal corpse, go to the show, definitely check out their last album nightmare logic. It is, uh, it's a great record. Um, yeah, thanks, Riley, for Chris, for making time before the obituary show to do this. Uh, thank you to Adam Mott, their manager, for helping make this happen.
2: Thanks again, Pulse Music, for thanks hosting all Pulse of our Music, podcasts. Thanks again Pulse Music for hosting
0: all of our podcasts. Um,
2: I'm going to throw out another little plug for my label, soundwise.com, because I think my latest release from the Worried, Wow, nothing like Power Trip, is the closest. There. I think fans of Power Trip will like the record, so yeah. go check it out. You can get it anywhere, Spotify any streaming service or 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 via soundwag soundwag.com will give you you some links yeah get
0: some links there also shout out to bailey at grandstand pr for setting this up as well thanks bailey thanks bailey keep Uh, up the good work yeah and thank you to all our patreons venmoers and paypalers out there Uh,
2: yeah couldn't do it without you seriously
0: without you Uh, me and brad just recorded a bonus episode uh, yeah, if
2: you want to hear it, you got to join. Patreon, if
0: you want to join, you can join, I think, for what, like a dollar, five dollars or something. Dollar
2: just means that you love us. Yeah. doesn't get you anything, but starting at like three bucks, yeah. you can get early access at five. You can get the bonus episodes. Yeah. And so you'll, you'll there's going to be some swag and stuff too. Yeah,
0: we're working on some more incentives. But yeah, as of now, you're getting the bonus episodes. You're getting uh, you're getting episodes early on Monday. You don't have to some wait till Wednesday. Some ridiculous outtakes. So you're getting some amazing outtakes. There's a, a bunch we just... Uh, we have with Lord Jane Grace that uh, we have like a twenty minutes of outtakes with her. I don't know why. I put uh,
2: fleshlight up too. Oh, Remember great! That? Beautiful. <laughs> so
0: it's mostly just highbrow intellectual stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So thank you to everyone sincerely for, for um, being our patreons, anyone who's Venmoed us, and that kind of stuff too as well. We really appreciate your support. Uh, thanks again to Power Trip, and we will be back depending on w- what kind of listener you are. We'll be back on Monday or Wednesday. <laughs> Who knows. Uh, But yeah, we'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks.